Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. So, Luca Nation, you know, let's kick off our weekly Star Stock episode. And you guys have been submitting a ton of questions, comments from Star Stock. So, we want to jump on here, share a little bit of news that's coming our way from them. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback, first off, because... You know, things have gone well. Some things have gone a little bit slow. Uh, but just so you guys know, their ingestion times, according to them, are 5x what they were in January. So that's huge. I know Cage is happy with that because he sent them, what, 44,000 cards himself? Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> but, but honestly, so I've been kind of browsing the Starstock website. And here's what I've seen. I don't know if you guys saw this. They now have a LeBron Tops Chrome PSA 10. Giannis PSA 10. I saw the Giannis. Wax boxes on there. And it reminded me of the show, uh, The Office, when they have the art of the swap. Do you remember when Dwight comes in with a button and he wants to trade up? Well, think of Starstock the same way, right? If you understand what we're about to share with you guys here in the next hour, the data, you know, which players undervalued, which players do for a bounce back week, and you start with 100 bucks. I want to hear some success stories. I want to hear how your th- hundred bucks turned into, you know, uh, a, a box of wax, a blaster of prism. I want to hear those stories because I think it's incredibly possible. So without further ado, welcome back to another episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze. And I didn't even get to the best part. We've got Sam Conrad, Luca Nation Conrad on with us, who does amazing data analysis. And he's going to present, you know, a little bit of what he's found with the star stock market today. Uh, and we're just going to chop it up with Gage after all right so i will let's see oh wait it says host disabled participant screen sharing so while he's giving listen this is a rated r movie man so you know we have to have the he's got to take the parental restrictions off yeah. for, 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 for poor sam here so yeah man listen star stock while he's while he's while he's i mean sam's got some great great data some some slides he makes and the whole nine yards and we're going to share them with you as part of the episode just to give you know extra bonus content into what we normally do for the star stock episode but i will tell you guys just an update because i haven't given you this since the last episode every one of my cards is in so all of the cards the hundreds of cards that i've sent in they're all in and i'm running on average i would say about 40 percent star stock a so i would have liked it to be a little higher than that but uh but that's about the average that i'm running and i, I think that's pretty you know, pretty par for the course, lower than that for the 2020 prism draft basketball, which is exactly what Scott uh, Greenberg told you last time he was on basically telling you, that, you know, they found some surface problems on a lot of those cards and that those were, uh, you know, skewing a little bit, uh, a little bit more towards B, um, you know, so when you take those out, I'm probably close to about 50, 50%, um, you know, with star stock. A. So that's my little update and we'll turn it over mm-hmm. to yeah, well, turn over to Conrad, but I think of us, you know, as kind of three separate traders, you know, kind of Wall Street traders. And guys, before this episode, we don't hop on, we don't discuss the data with each other. So it's interesting the findings and starting to see some of the parallels. I'm interested if, you know, some of the things I've noticed with the market are going to jive with uh, what Conrad's going to bring you guys here in the next few minutes. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm excited myself. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, give us feedback. If there's something you'd like, something you don't like, we're here. All right, real quick before I get into it, I just want to make sure you guys can see the screen, just in case, you know, obviously we put this on YouTube later. Yes, we, we you guys can see it. it. All right. Good to know. So I'll be deci- uh, dissecting the Starstock NBA Emerging 30 Index real quick for any of you that want to, you know, find it yourself. 
what you're going to do is you're going to go on to Starstock, get, uh, obviously right here to the homepage. Just scroll down a little bit, and right here, NBA Emerging 30. Whoops, hang on. <laughs> Where'd it mm -hmm. go? All right, there we go. A little bit further down, NBA Emerging 30. You click View the Index, and all of a sudden, once it loads up, you'll get all the data that you're going to need. Right. And so what I'm what I'm going to be doing is once a week, look through it, decide, you know, who, who do I want to talk about? Who's who's seen some massive increases for certain reasons? Who's decreased? Just talk a little bit about what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking overall. Um, so, you know, here's some of the stuff that I talked about. So first of all, DeAndre Ayton finally gets a bit of a correction. Right. We saw, you know, obviously just a massive increase in demand after the Chris Paul trade went through. Uh, Chris Paul's commonly uh, made his big man better, what, mainly because he's so dangerous in the pick and roll. But I mean, just in general. Uh, he's so helpful, you know, uh, helping them set screens and stuff like that. Um, giving them more opportunities. He's, he's, uh, so dangerous and then, uh, he attracts a lot of the defenders. So he obviously makes, uh, his big man's, his big man's job easier. Right. However, the, the eight and, and Chris Paul duo that we were hoping to see, we never really saw formed, or at least we haven't seen it yet. They haven't quite been coexisting as well as we would like to see, um, at least as of right now. But the Phoenix Suns are, uh, Phoenix Suns are still playing exceptionally well. I think they're about the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now, and the Western Conference is loaded. Um, so, it's, so it's very impressive to see Devin Booker might finally be on a playoff team, which is always nice to hear. But DeAndre Ayton just jumped up 29.21%. Uh, since the last time the index was updated on February 22nd, it's now, well, it was updated on March 1st. Uh, I think that he's obviously, ha he's had a good solid streak of games, at least in comparison to before. And people are kind of finally realizing that this Phoenix Suns team is actually legit. It wasn't just um, a hot streak, right? When, when they first started out in the season. Yep. So I think people are starting to buy up Aiton, Booker, and Chris Paul because they're all getting ready for the uh, playoff series. And they're, they're going to get ready to potentially sell some of these guys if they tend to have a good series, right? Next up, we have the – Real quick, if, oh. if I could jump in here, because I'm excited right for ahead. R.J. Barrett, but I'm curious to hear Cage's take. Cage, centers in the hobby. Are they getting more love recently? Do you think with Starstock, maybe it gives people a way to play centers, even though notoriously they don't get enough love in the hobby? Listen, if I have one goal for 2021, it's to bring the love for the big man back to the hobby. This is near and dear to my heart, right? Because if you don't love the big man – what you're am I here for? You're not a big man. You're six. What am I here for? You're not a big man. I'm a big man in the hobby. Don't you try to say otherwise. No, but I mean, listen. So, so you know, the pendulum swings. We've talked about this a bunch of times. Um, you know, I love Aiton, and I love to see you know he's you know he getting a little bit of love. But I think it's mostly because you know Booker is already so high priced, and people are playing Aiton as more of a value play. Not that they specifically love, um, you know. Um, not that they love Aiton so much. It's just that Booker has already, you know, had that hobby love. I mean, Gary V talked about Booker for, you know, for crying out loud, you know I mean? Like, you know, you're not going to get him in a bargain, whereas Aiton, you can. Um, I think there's a little bit more of that in play than, okay, we're finally embracing the big man. I love it. And if I saw next, you've got RJ Barrett, man. What a surprise I the Knicks have been. What a pleasure. Actually, real surprise. quick, because he's this is a guy related to RJ Barrett. Uh, and he's also related to Aiton because he also recently experienced a bit of a correction, especially after some very impressive performances. And that man is Zion Williamson right here. Uh jumped up 19.6% since last time. He was on a bit of a downswing after a bit of a rough year. It was an original correction back on February 15th. As you'll see, prices were around five hundred dollars and then they dropped to two hundred and seventy-five. Um, and that was that was a that was a 
that was a correction that was needed. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Uh, the, the Pelicans were playing horribly, even though Zion himself wasn't terrible. The team was just disappointing. But now they're actually kind of contending for a playoff spot. Zion is looking insane. He's having a Shaq-like season as far as dominance in the paint goes, and he's finally experiencing a bit of a, a bit of a recorrection once again and is uh, sitting right around $300. Just wanted to mention that. But uh, his former teammate at Duke and a top three pick overall in the 2019 NBA draft was R.J. Barrett, and the Knicks are absolutely killing it. They're currently the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, which is quite insane. And yes, a lot of that can be credited to Julius Randle. He's having a ridiculous season, all-star level player. Um, just unbelievable, right? But we've also have to acknowledge the fact that R.J. Barrett is actually stepping it up a bit as well. Uh, doing a little bit of everything, rebounding, passing, uh, scoring. He's not still not an excellent shooter, but is, it is much better than I think a lot of people expected coming into the season. However, more specifically, I think the reason for this recent jump up from $36.71 to $42.50 on March 1st, I think it was because of the Knicks' past five games. In the past five games, they went 4-1, and one, which I think took them from like eighth or seventh seed to the fourth seed in the Eastern conference, right? Which is near contenders level. Um, and during that, during that uh, five game series or five game span, RJ scored more than 20 points in three of those games on crazy good efficiency, right? And that's something that people are going to take notice of, especially when you're a top three pick and especially when it's only your second year in the league. And especially when you're on a traditionally terrible team in the New York Knicks in a big market. Um, and all of a sudden you're exceeding everyone's expectations. Uh, so He's been playing uh-huh. well. I think that we're this early. We're early. Not but what if this happens? But I think in the this playoffs? is much deserved. Your your Wi-Fi guys. Conrad's recording from the dungeon. His Wi-Fi is as good as mine was at my first oh, place in Mexico. But that's okay. That's okay. Knicks Nets. <laughs> what if the Knicks play the Nets in the first round of the playoffs? How exciting would that be? And that's entirely possible. I predict the Nets are a two seed. Knicks are going to get that seven seed. That's going to be an amazing first round matchup. I'm I'm buying some Knicks guys, and I think R.J. Barrett is maybe the most underrated value right now on the market. Okay, do you want to t- you want to take as a New Yorker? Well, I can't wait for that series. I want to see Emmanuel quickly steal Kevin Durant's lunch. Um, no, I mean listen, Durant really doesn't cool. eat lunch. Joke on you. <laughs> Are you trying to make it like a, like a skinny joke? Like because he's like bony? Is he like trying to? You picked up what I'm putting down. Wow, you're yeah, smart. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, Okay. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't think the Knicks have a chance to do anything. I think it's hilarious that the, that we all celebrate like, you know, we're going to have a parade down Canyon of Heroes here in New York when the Knicks get over 500. Um, it just goes to show you that if they ever were a quality team, what kind of rabid fan base it is. And I think that that alone is a reason why I can completely get behind Conrad's, you know, R.J. Barrett pick. You've been talking about R.J. Barrett, whether it's you know, top in when he finally gets to actually play, whether it's Emmanuel Quickly's first, you know, prism card, um, you know, these big markets, they have big fan bases. And, you know, you have to take that into account and add that to this, you know, the stats alone for some small market teams is what drives the price. Here you get stats. And remember, it comes down to supply and demand. And when the Knicks are playing well, the NBA usually does well. And, uh, you know, there's much more demand for those NBA, for those Nick players. I mean, what was the last Nick rookie? What was the last Nick player that generated, you know, card demand? John, Jeremy Lin? I mean, seriously, who, who, who was it that? Him, it was very small span. Yeah. I'm not even sure how, how much of an impact he would have had, right? Yep. So. 
I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I agree with both of you, right? I don't think that the Knicks have a chance whatsoever in a series against the Nets. Against the Nets, however, there's going to be some competition there for sure. Not just because it's New York versus New York, but mainly because I think it's going to be OG Nick fans that have been suffering for many, many years versus the Nets that just got a, you know, they got KD and Kyrie last year and they just got Harden. So there's going to be a lot of bandwagon Nets fans, and I think it's kind of going to be that fan on fan rivalry of loyalty versus bandwagoning, um, and that that could definitely take shape uh, in, in, a, in a playoff matchup for sure. How much does that impact the card market? I really have no idea because I don't think we've really seen anything quite like that. We were hoping for the battle of LA this year, but that never happened after a three to one, uh, three to one comeback from the nuggets in the second round against the Clippers. So I guess this could be our first taste of it. If we get to see the Knicks versus uh, the nets in a series, but you know, I, I, I agree with both of you uh, for those reasons that I just mentioned. Um, now, moving on, I guess, we're going to move on to the more negative side of, of, of the index, right? So Boston has been a bit disappointing. While the Knicks have been exceeding expectations, Boston, on the other hand, has not. Uh, the Celtics have typically been one of the best teams in the entire league, but this year they're just really struggling. And I think one of the reasons, obviously, for that is just their lack of depth. Uh, they've, they've always just like, they've pretty much always been one of the better teams in the league. Uh, they've always had, or not always, but they typically do have one of the weakest benches in the entire league as well. And they just recently lost, uh, Mark Smart, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. And since they lost him from injury, as soon as he got injured, they started playing horribly and they are currently sitting as a sixth seed in the Eastern conference, which is nothing like what we're usually seeing uh, from the Boston Celtics. However, however, while Tatum's prices have dropped because of this 16.4% drop uh, since last week, I think that his cards might be a buy. And here's why. Because Marcus Smart will be coming back, I believe, after the All-Star break, they said. Um, and their bench is a little bit better this year than it has been in years past. Robert Williams is really stepping it up. He's getting some starter minutes, some not, right? Him and Daniel Tice have kind of been in and out, and Tristan Thompson has at times been as well. Um, Peyton Pritchard has been absolutely unbelievable in his rookie season. He's had many great moments, kind of that sort of Tyler hero guy that we saw last year that was uh, scoring the ball, lighting up the scoreboard, and everyone was getting excited to watch him. Um, and they have Marcus Smart, who is their glue guy, uh, does all the dirty work, steals, you know, being that pest on the defensive side of the ball that just gets in your grill and won't let you go. Um, and, and they need that on this team, right? He, he's kind of like that final piece of the puzzle that puts it all together for them. And when he comes back, I think this team is going to be much in a much better situation and people are going to realize, hey, Tatum, Tatum is worth these prices. I think the Celtics are still a legitimate contender. As long as, uh, you know, nobody gets injured or sick, that's going to be the biggest question mark for a lot of people. But I think that at this price point, Tatum might be a buy uh, because even if this year doesn't work out, you can maybe hold it long term. He's a good player for sure. Uh, if you guys have anything you want to mention, go right ahead. Someone asked us just a few days ago about Tatum, whether he's a buy or not. I, I feel like this year is pretty obvious. Like the writing is written on the wall. And I think the Celtics are going to be knocked out in the first. If they're lucky with a first round matchup, they're going to get to a second round. I think Tatum is an amazing offseason buy. I think his cards are going to keep dropping and they're going to hit a floor in the offseason. That's a much more uh, attractive entry point into Tatum. Because this well, here's the thing, right? Sam is our NBA expert, which is amazing to say, right? Because, you know, he's in high school. Um, but nobody dissects the stats, the plays like he does, right? So so let me let me throw something out there, right? Because I love that Tatum might be a buy. Um, and I love Andrew's play that, that you know, he's going to have an unceremonious exit from the playoffs. And this is a guy who was slated to be, you know, top player on a top team in the East with long playoff runs. Um, and he was a buy. 
can I ask, and I guess I'll throw it out to both of you. I mean, Andrew, you're no slouch with basketball either. Why Tatum? Yeah. And what has Tatum done? Seriously, what has he accomplished? What? Why is Tatum, why is he that rung below the elite in the NBA? Because honestly, and maybe it's New York-Boston bias, um, I don't see it. I mean, I don't see him carrying a team. What I see is him being the, the, the clear-cut number one going into this season, leader of the team. And yet, I think many people who watch basketball would say that he was he was passed by his own teammate Jalen Brown in you know for that that alpha role of the team this year. So why is it why is it Tatum? Why should I be chasing Tatum? Why should I put him in the same category as you know a Zion or a Giannis or you know or LeBron or you know next next big thing level? Well, let's go Conrad and then you should, Andrew. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Okay. But his cards are a fraction of Zion's cards. And not really. His off- not really. His star stock A is like you know is is is, is three and change, and yeah, I mean it's I mean it's 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 right in the same wheelhouse really as Zion's prism. I know there's less of the Tatum prism, right? So there's obviously more supply of Zion, but there's not a huge discrepancy in those pricing. I think what Tatum has going for him is a big market with a passionate fan base, a, a consistent winner. They're a consistent two, three, or four seed, and they're one piece away from really contending in the east i wouldn't say it's tatum's fault his game is a, a little bit limited because he's not a playmaker but i don't think he's the issue on the celtics if they had a slightly better point guard or a slightly better off kind of a power forward center i don't know why they got tristan Thompson. if they had completed the trade that was on the table to glenn miles turner which i was saying that they should i'm a pacers fan which i was saying that they should when that deal was on the table and they didn't take it I knew that they made a mistake, and that was before Miles Turner was averaging three and a half blocks per game, right? They needed that interior defender in Miles Turner. If they have someone like that on their team, this team is going to be dangerous because their starting five is just their starting five would just be elite. Um, you know, I think I think that that is obviously the biggest issue, and obviously, honestly, Kemba has as well. Something I want to throw out there, though, that Andrew just mentioned was that he's been a consistent winner, at least his teams have. When he was drafted, it was because of a pick that they got in, I think, the Brooklyn Nets trade, right, for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett a while back. Um, and they landed him in thir- as third overall. At that time, they were still borderline contenders with, like, you know, Kyrie Irving and Al Horford and, you know, that whole group. He's been on a contending team or a near contending team his entire career, and he's always played well no matter what the situation. Um I'm sensing a big but. But oh, has he won anything? I was about to like, say, I yeah, mean, that's like, just he, it. <laughs> they 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 haven't seen a ton of success on uh, the postseason, right? Like that that's the biggest question. But I mean, then again, has Luca? Has Zion? I mean, he's only one year older than Luca is, right? He's only one year older than Trey. He's only one year older than Jaron Jackson Jr. One year older than DeAndre Ayton. Uh, you look at other guys, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Bam Adebayo, but I mean, those guys, they're on a different level than he is, right? He's, he's a bit higher than they are. Um, I, when I get out ahead of myself on somebody like Tatum. Polarizing prospect as far as cards go. I like him. You know what, you know what, what brings me back to agreeing with you both that he is still a good place to put money? I'm 99% sure that my favorite guy, Devontae Graham, is older than him. You can't forget that. You know, he's, he's 22. He's still very young. Mm-hmm. He's still very young. So, you know, he left college early. You know, he's got a lot of experience under him. He's still growing. He's still going to get better. So, you know, one of the biggest things there is, you know, you're right. He's always going to be on a contending team. And if they do make the right move, they'll put in a, him in a position to really play meaningful playoff games. And he's still getting better. So, 
He's a he's a younger Devin Booker, in my opinion. Uh, disagree. Well, what do you mean by that? Do you mean by like play style and like leadership? Play style, just beautiful offensive game. Just a beautiful offensive However, game. He could, go and, he could get his buckets. He's yeah, he's just a very very. He's a top ten offensive. Much better defender though. Much much better that. defender though that Devin Booker was. I think the biggest comparison is Paul George. I think that's that's like Paul George. Get your Paul George out of here, man. Paul George is the most overrated player in the entire National Basketball Association. I heavily disagree. I thought I think it's either I think it's Ben Simmons personally, and I've been preaching that for a while. At least his development is extremely overrated. Ben Simmons has had on on both sides of the ball. His defense is elite, defensive player of the year worthy, right? Um, But like people, people act like he he's become a much better player. Sure, maybe like defensively, he he has been a bit. But like if if you look like he literally has made very little progression passing rebounding scoring efficiency any of that like I I don't understand it um but that, that's that could be a whole other debate for like a whole other episode or talk or anything like that um we can, we can move on to the next guy or the last the last guy that at least I'm going to cover specifically in the slide actually real quick one thing I did want to mention I mentioned Tatum could be a buy one thing to note literally the last sentence and he could make a pretty good investment right now even though it is a bit risky. You can't ignore the fact that they are currently a six seed and things could get worse for them. One injury, one one guy getting sick, and it's all it's all at the table. If you're willing to take a bit of a risk, this is you know a bit of a high risk, high potential potential play. Um, because if, if they do become like a third seed by the time the playoffs roll around, people are going to really start buying his cards because they're just going to look at the numbers and say, oh, they're the third seed. They could potentially make a deep run, even though that may not actually be the reality of the situation. Um, and you could sell for some pretty nice profits before then. Just well, one thing to note is Danny Ainge always makes trade, trade deadline deals, and the trade deadline's March 25th, and Danny Ainge has always been active at the trade deadline. And just, I hope they make a move for a better center than what they've got now, right? I mean, Robert Williams has actually been pretty good. I can't really complain. SGA. Um, last guy, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he shows the importance of winning. Um, the Thunder were definitely expected to be one of the worst teams in the entire league this season. They kind of have matched that, although they, they're, I think they're like the 12th seed 13th or 14th or 11th like not really quite as bad as we've expected although they're not you know a a playoff team right um but Shea has been playing at an all-star near all-star caliber level uh he's he's been playing out of his mind absolutely career year uh some of that can be obviously credited the fact that he is the number one option now um and he recently just dropped 42 points I want to say only a couple of days ago however his prices continue to dip they're reaching all-time lows at this point. And I understand that in the short term, his cards are probably not a buy. But if you are looking to get into Shea Gilgis-Alexander in the long term, which you most certainly should, because this Thunder team is going to be very good. They have 17 first-round picks, I believe, in the next eight years. And that they don't have to draft. <laughs> they don't have to draft all of those guys. They can use those picks to trade for a star or a superstar if they need to win now. This team is going to be good. In five years, it could be 10 years. I don't know how long it takes, but overall, Shea Gilgis-Alexander should be a guy that you're looking at in the long term. And if his prices are reaching all-time lows, I don't think that there's any other, not any other guy, but I don't think that there's a lot of guys that are a better buying opportunity in the modern market than Shea right now. Okay, um, so I have to pause here. We're going to get to the star stock data in a second, but we're going to close you out with this. I need an SGA back and forth between the two experts here. Basketball, I, I, I'm learning it. Um, you know, yeah, I'm a baseball guy, and you know, I, I can I can hold my own in basketball, but not with you two guys. And I will tell you, Sam, you, you it's like kicking a hornet's nest. So, Andrew convinced me to sell my uh, my SGA, 
and his theory, and I want to hear a little back and forth on you because you say he's he's hitting lows, and normally that's good, a star like that, that with that kind of future for that team. But but Andrew has a theory, and and I don't know whether it's ever been completely spelled out, other than it's just something about him, right? It's it's he calls SGA dead money, right? <laughs> because it just you know it's not going to improve, and if it does, maybe well, it goes up a little bit. Go ahead, please. Okay, okay, because I don't want the audience to get a poor representation of me. That was not. Well, then you represent yourself. <laughs> you painted me with a broad brush there. Uh, I like SGA a lot. What I said was it doesn't seem like there's premium buyers for his cards. So the reason why cards move up and down in value is because people with money come in and say, dude, I'm going to take a bet on SGA. That happens few and far between. So that's why you see like his Prism PSA 10 silver. That card's between been between 800 bucks and 1,100 bucks for the entire duration. When the market was booming and people were super high on SGA, it was at that price. And when people were low, it, it's probably dipping a little bit below that now. So there's just not a lot of institutional money, as I say, behind SGA. As a player, I would love SGA on my team. In the hobby, it doesn't seem like there's a, as much demand for him as the other young guys from that draft class. Even Trey, who I think is a worse player. I actually agree with that statement. I don't think that, I think that Trey is a bit overrated that once again, that's a whole other discussion real quick before I like, not, not necessarily an argument, but before I, you know, counter, counter, counter attack, whatever you want to say. We're, guys, so what are your thoughts on Donovan Mitchell? Not just because of this year, traditionally, traditionally, so like not just give this us year, thoughts on, like in the past um, as well, if you've had on Dimitch, guys, the transition to Miami has been uh, not the easiest for the for the, the trio of us. We're going to get Conrad much better high-speed internet uh, in his penthouse. <laughs> he already has four pools, but he doesn't have high-speed internet yeah, there. Sure. Uh, it's just the decision. It just happened this week. He so brought his talent to South us. Beach, but he left his wireless internet behind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He left, I just, he left his router. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he left his router behind. We can talk about Donovan Mitchell. No, but do, give me give me thirty seconds on why SGA's talent on the hardwood will translate into viability from a, a what I call cardboard relevance. Because I think that's the difference. He's a hell of a he's a hell of a player. Is it because people don't need to look at Oklahoma City now that they know they'll be good in two years and they don't have to put their money there now? I mean, is that what it is? There's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors, and that's not just it. He was started out as just like a three-point shooting, three-point shooter, basically on the Los Angeles Clippers. Was traded to the Thunder, played very well under Chris Paul, and now he's really stepping up as a number one option. I think that a lot of people think that oh, this guy's really improving. He's really good. But then there's like another thirty percent of people, or fifty percent of people, or forty percent of people that are like, I don't know if this is legitimate. I don't know if we can count on him to produce like this night in, night out, especially if he has all these other pieces with him, especially if he's on a better team, especially if he's blah 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 blah. Right. Um, in my opinion, he still has time to improve. He's very young, was just drafted two years ago or three years ago, whatever you, I don't really know the, the complete time span in the 2018 draft. Right. He's still very young. Uh, he's still a bit raw. He could use a bit of work as well. I think that I, I also think that it is a bit of that short-term versus long-term perspective. A lot of people aren't really looking to invest for the next five to seven years. Right. Not, 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 well, not, not necessarily that, but um, especially with Shea because he's not quite like superstar level yet. 
Um, and this team has to go through a rebuild. People aren't willing to hold it in case, you know, mistakes are made in case it takes longer than expected or anything like that. I just think that there's a lot of questions surrounding him, this Thunder team. And I think maybe it takes one more season of the same type of production from him and some improvements being made to their overall roster around him as far as, you know, a rebuild goes for people to really start to commit, um, you know, for more institutional money, as Goldberg said, as Andrew said, whatever you want me to call you. Um, <laughs> Coming to the hobby and 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 to be to be spent on SGA's cards. Uh, at least that, that's my. Opinion. I'm putting my money on Dort. It's Dort. It's Dort honestly, or it's nothing for me. Honestly, <laughs> I kind of like the guy. I, I'm not saying he's like a star by any means, but you never know. The guy's a hard ass worker for sure, and he's built like a truck. I mean, you yep. never know. If he can develop his offensive game a little bit, maybe he's a solid second or third option in the future. I Dort. I highly doubt and that. Andrew's Bubble Basley. That's the new trio. You could be SGA. I'll be Dort, and he could be Bubble Basley. It's nice. We'll take it. Let's go. All right, brother. I know you got to jump balls. I appreciate you uh, doing this analysis yeah. with us. I know Luca Nation. Luca Nation's gonna love us. I uh, love this segment. Dort is like investing in the the egg. That's how yeah. I see it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> He's like an Alex Caruso. I love right. Dort. Come on, man. Dort's the I best. I love Dort. Thanks, I like man. the guy too a lot. I mean, just as a person, even as a player, he's hilarious. He's your best friend. He's your pal. Yeah, yeah totally. We, we talk every day. Yeah. Rips <laughs> is taking Giannis to the prom. Conrad's taking Dort. Of no course, way, man. You see that Miles yeah. Turner. He's got the Miles. Oh, Turner no, that's balls. true. Miles Turner. Who says I can't bring both? I mean, oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right, I gotta go. Hopefully, next time that we talk, I have better better internet. Um, I don't know what happened today, but thank I'll you talk to Pat Riley. I'll awesome. talk to Pat Riley. He, he's not we'll going to yeah. okay. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Conrad. Right. Take care. Let me stop sharing and head out. Cage. So there he is. Lots to talk about. Where do you want to go with this? Because I think what's exciting about Starstock is not necessarily you know what's been going on with the NBA index now. I think the preparation they've done being able to handle more ingestion, uh, having a much better inventory on their platform. Think about this, Cage. Uh, what is it? Opening pitch, opening day? What do they call yep. it in baseball? It's yep. one month yep. away. One month away. NBA yep. playoffs are one month away. Yep. And starting May, June is NFL and free agency and players moving and things like Listen, that. Listen, it's crazy what's going on. Really is. It's crazy what's going on. And Starstock is on all of it, right? I mean, like I loaded up a bunch of cards. I didn't even realize I had this Julio Rodriguez Bowman Chrome, you know, the first Bowman Chrome in there. Just a base, not a refractor, anything crazy. And it loaded up. It was a Starstock A. And I put it in, you know, I, I, I undercut whoever the cheapest one person was by a dollar. And I got an offer, like 30-something dollars for a base card. I mean, I'm like, let's go. You know, base people are already looking to buy money. But can I give you some credit? And I'll give, you know, Sam some credit also. You know, it is a it's an interesting thing, right? So so we're gonna focus on on star stock, but you know I'm in top shot, right? And I, I put my money in, and what I do is I buy some some low level stuff and I sell it, and I sell enough low level stuff to try to consolidate, and we we talk about it as a flight to quality and try to buy some series one or some star guys, some Luca, some some you know some Zion, some LeBron, you know the top stuff, the best stuff, right? So mm-hmm. what I've done in Starstock, it follows the same pattern, right? And I'm going to give you credit in a second because I, I didn't know what I was going to do with that until right now. So I've been selling my cards. I've been selling my cards for a dollar here, $2 there, Kevin Porter Jr. for $7, Starstock Bs for nickels. As long as it's more than a nickel, that's fine because Starstock takes their nickel. But, right. uh, you know. I'll give you but, a nickel to tickle my pickle. Did you guys ever do that in high, sc- in high school? That was like a fun little game. Did that ever work for you? No, it's a joke. I'm, I am appalled. 
and to whatever high school girls fell for this guy's tickle his pickle routine, I apologize to you all. Profusely it was just like, a, it was like an internet trend before an internet trend happened. Yeah. Like one day yeah. in high school, everyone would like go around and like make a joke. Tickling. So in your high school, they went around tickling each other's pickles. Was this was a that middle room school? Thing? I don't know. Let's this keep rocking. So, so you sold you went all to, of the these... soccer coach should be fired. So, so <laughs> he, he has been. So I saw, <laughs> see that now we and now we know why. So yes, no, I sold all these cards. I sold a, a bunch of cards and I built up a nice what do you call it, war chest of money in my Star Stock account, right? Because, and it's legit. It was stuff that I was not going to ever put up on eBay. It was the. I mean, lucky for me, there was a couple of Malik monks in there. You know, I timed that one pretty good, right? You know, but Dwayne Bacon and you know, I mean, the, the open up enough boxes of the optic you know, uh, ones with the red, blue, and yellow. And there's Thomas Bryant and, and, you know, guys that are, yeah, they're okay. But, you know, you take 50 cents, you take a dollar for the bees and whatever else, and it adds up. And you know what I just did with it? I just put an offer on a Tatum. No, go Zion. Yeah. I put Zion. an offer on Zion. I put an offer on an SGA. I did. Yeah, I put but what if, what if they're SGA. accepted simultaneously? I, I, I put in offers where I had enough money to make offers on all of them. So all good, no worries. So, you know, we're, we're rocking and rolling and, and that's, it's the same thing as everything else, right? You sell your smaller stuff, consolidate, build up that bankroll and try to get into something real nice. You do it on Starstock, do it anywhere. And now what I'm making offers are, are the Starstock A. Because I know from personal experience that those A's are going to be legitimately good cards. Because I know somebody's over there looking at him and telling me my cards are crap. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So, and, and let me take it a step further. I think Starstock A's, people have, people have been posting, you know, tiles and, uh, and stuff all over Instagram. People posting, this is, this is the rebirth of PSA 9. This is the second coming of PSA 9. Because PSA just smacked us all in the face with, what, what was it your tickled pickle? They, they took out Andrew's tickled pickle and smacked you in the face with it with their new pricing, right? And they told you basically, stop grading your cards, okay? They said, we don't want your cards anymore. The hell with you. We got enough money. We got our, <laughs> our boy Natty, Nat over here with the bankroll. He doesn't need your money. Just keep your cards. So everyone's like, ah, oh, PSA 9s. I mean, no one's going to be spending thousands of dollars. The great PSA 9s are going to go to the moon, to the moon. You know what's, you know what's really going to go to the moon? Star Stock A. Because you can send your raw cards in and they get A's. That's going to be the PSA 10 that you don't have to wait for. It's going to be the PSA 10 that you don't have to pay $100 to get a PSA 10 for. And it's going to be the new liquid PSA 10. So I think you're going to see an increase in the Starstock A prices, to be honest. I mean, and I'm looking at those Starstock A's as the things that are going to get flipped instead of PSA 10s. Because, look, Prison Basketball is going to come out, right? And besides Lamelo and, and maybe Halliburton and Edwards, there are going to be some good rookies in that class, people who you would have bought in years past and tried to flip and grade. I mean, look at all the rookies who were in last year's class. Half the people who had Tyler Hero PSA 10s at the time when he was actually – at the time where he's actually making that playoff run were people who took a gamble on a lower-end card and sent it at the PSA because it wasn't too expensive. It wasn't cost prohibitive. This year's Tyler Hero, who knows who it's going to be? Maybe it's Onyeki Okungwu. You know, maybe, maybe it's Denny Avija. Who knows who it's going to be, right? But you open up a prism pack, and you have to think long and hard about whether or not you're going to grade those guys. So I'm not going to grade them. I'm going to send them right to Starstock. And they're going to have them in, and it's going to get a Starstock A, and I'm going to have that available to flip when those playoff runs come. So that's, to me, going to, going to be one of the many impacts of this new PSA pricing. It's an unbelievable take. I would go back and listen to it again, guys, because think about it. 
like you would not grade a Prism PSA, a uh, Prism rookie uh, Tyler Hero card right now. It's just not financially feasible. You're losing money if it gets a PSA nine, and if you're maybe making a few fifty bucks if it's a PSA ten, you just you can't afford that, and it's going to come back six months later. I'm excited. And Cage, you did this with Top Shot. You were a little bit early to Top Shot than the wave of people, and you you made all of your money on the marketplace. Well, Starstock has a marketplace. And when you had that pool of money and it was in flight to quality and some really good assets, you were way more dangerous. You were able to make bigger plays when the new wave of people came in. Uh, I think that's going to happen. I think whether you believe in star stuff, you know, for the next five years, I believe in them for the next 12 months. And I think April, May, June are going to be some of the busiest months on the platform. That's yeah, just because you're going to have it. People are going to open prison. No, this is PS. No one's going to say I'm not buying prison anymore because of PSA. Right? They're yep. going to get breaks. The breaks are going to happen. People are going to buy this. It's going to get sold out. Right, But once people have those cards in their hands, right, they've broken the product. People are going to have a decision to make. And it's going to be, what do I do with these cards? There's going to be a threshold. There's going to be guys who, who last week you would have sent into PSA. But this week with their new pricing, you won't. So what are you going to do with them? Are you going to put them on eBay raw? Right? Are you going to put them on eBay and worry about you know returns and logistics and shipping and all that stuff? Or are you going to send them to Starstock? You know, what, what are you going to do with the cards? And I have a feeling that more people are going to choose Starstock and that that Starstock A provides some level between Raw and PSA 10 that becomes, I think, a new, the new liquid, you know, trading, you know, card, baseball. whatever you want to call it. Right? Baseball. baseball. Go for it. Let's talk a little bit about baseball. So uh, I'll go through some of this data uh, as we mm-hmm. go through it, but. Just off the top of your head, you know, are there some teams, you know, again, you have Bo Bichette, you have Fernando Tatis, and now you have Ronald Acuna in the top five players by sales value in the last week. Right. So there's your trend, right? People are asleep on basketball because it's in that dog days of summer heading towards the all-star break and, you know, and and, then people aren't really gearing up for it yet. But baseball's around the corner. And what what do you have? You have people making their plays in baseball, buying now, knowing that there's going to be a run-up. I bet you half those people who bought those Bichettes, Acunas, and whatnot are looking to actually sell them in two weeks or three weeks before the season even starts. So, you know, this is the time. So is that the play? Is that the play, you know, right now being guys that – are going to get hype, sell them right before opening day and wait to see. Cause you know, in baseball, what's exciting is you don't know who's going to have an amazing April and May. That's the cool thing, right? It could be Vlad Guerrero jr. It could yep. be. And here everyone's looking at Tatis. He comes out slumping. Vlad Guerrero comes out, you know, 10 home runs in the first two months. You've seen, you've seen crazier things. No. That's so here's the, months. here's the great part about the data that we're giving you. Right. So Andrew just told you that in the top five sales, it's Bichette, it's Tatis, and it is Acuna. So what I would do is I would realize that there's already been a small run-up on those guys because that's where people are focusing their money right now. And I would look at the names that are akin to those and or um, just one spot below them. So you're talking about Soto, obviously, you know, you know, is, is the same, if not better than all of them, right? Yeah. Um, you're talking about uh, Lou Bob, Lewis, from the White Sox, you're talking yep. about maybe a Glaber Torres. You're talking about a Bellinger. If you want to go a year further back, um, you're talking about those young guys, and and people just haven't jumped on them yet because they're maybe that one notch below the names that you just mentioned. But what I would be doing is I'd be buying a little bit of all of them. I'd be buying Star Stock A rookies, Topps Chrome rookies, 
Topps Chrome update rookies of all of them, a couple of them here, there, you name it. I'd be buying a, 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 like a mutual fund, like you talk about, you know, one, yeah. two of each one of them. And literally, I would be selling them the week before opening day. That's it. No real risk, no injury risk. Hopefully, you know, I mean, they're, they're no return training, risk. So. Yeah. No but return you, you risk. You don't have any of that logistic problem. You don't have any of that stuff at all. 100%. I love it. Cage. Any final words from the big man? Any words of wisdom? You've had a successful year in sports cards. You've had a successful year in NFTs. You've had a successful year in vintage cards. I know it's a Star Stock episode, but you know, if you could put on the Yoda hat that you always wear around the house when we're not recording, give give some people uh, one or two pieces of advice. Yeah, I mean, listen, we've we we said this a couple of times, right? Look at who has been on the worst performer list and buy them next week, right? And we talked about how Zion was down. And now Zion is up. We talked about how Colin Sexton was down a little. Now Colin Sexton is up. So let's let's pick a number for you guys. We'll pick a player for you guys who's on that worst performing list. For whatever reason, Darius Baisley is down a third from last week. Right? So there might be some bargains in Darius Baisley. That's number one as far as the numbers uh, that we're giving you I'm guys. Gonna be, I'm going to be sick Go saying this, but Lonzo's been playing incredibly well. And, and he's Lonzo on the worst Ball before. is also on the worst before. And, and I, know oh you hate, I know you hate, but he is he's potentially a bargain, especially if Zion. If people buy Zion for him to have meaningful games, then guess what? Lonzo's going to be playing those meaningful games right along with him. So, um, you know, it's definitely to do. So, so my Yoda hat, here's one for you. It's, it's, it's a hot take, right? Oh, no. Look out. I hate when people say, buy what you love. Buy what you love because don't worry about it. When it goes to $0, you're still going to love what you have. Right? Look, buy the pretty cards. Buy the cards you like to look at. Buy, buy, buy what you love. Can I change that for you guys? And let me tell you, buy what you think is going to make you some money. And then use that money to buy what you love after that. Okay? Boom. And we're giving you, I think, some ways to make some money here. You can always get the stuff you love, right? Buy what I what you think is going to make you some money. Because if you're like me, you love money. <laughs> That's it, man. That's the, there's, there's my little bit of Yoda wisdom for you guys. We love the Star Stock stuff. Um, if anybody has any questions, we got we got a couple groups for it. You know, you can join the groups and uh, you know send us some messages. Um, use this data, guys. You know that Lonzo mm-hmm. Ball. I cannot believe Andrew actually just admitted to that. I can't, he, he is, he is so anti Lonzo ball, but, but guys, we're in a data age. We're in a numbers age. And if Lonzo balls down 30% from last week, I'll bet you we see him up 15 or 20% next week. Cause that's just the way it's been every week we've done this episode. So look for some Lonzo ball bargains on star stock folks. Changing your mind is a strength in investing. I think. I like it. All right, guys. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll be bringing more of these to you guys. Conrad does an amazing job crunching the numbers, analyzing the data. And then we come in and we layer on some of this qualitative analysis with the big fella. Hope you enjoyed it. We apologize for some technical difficulties. Bear with us. We're we're doing big things here all to, to help you guys share content, add value, educate, entertain. We're out. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. 
tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.